This episode of Horror Movie Talk brought to you by Food Carts. Do you like restaurants but wish they more closely resembled a homeless encampment? Do you want to sample the variety of foods that the world can offer, such as euros, souvlaki, or Greek food? Well, now there's food carts. Just go out the door and there's one. Wonder how they can wash dishes, the food, or their hands without a water source? Don't! Just go to the food cart. It's right there. Why ask questions when it's so convenient and costs a dollar less than a brick-and-mortar restaurant? That's food carts. Find them wherever cars are parked. Hello and welcome to Horror Movie Talk, an opinionated and accidentally funny horror movie review show. Your schlubby hosts each week are Bryce Hansen, the cool collected nihilist, and David Day, a cool guy who is always cool. New theatrical releases always get priority, but we re also review older horror movies, both good and horrorable. I'm Bryce Hansen. And I'm that David Day guy. We've got a great show today. Uh, we have... <laughs> some, somehow I'm actually excited about this one. Much, I'm excited. Much more than Tetsuo. Yay! Um, we just recorded an episode on Tetsuo, but that'll come out later, whenever we you know, want to release. It should be clear, Tetsuo the right. Iron Man. There's like three or four Tetsuos. Right, right, right. Um, so the episode today is another listener suggestion. Um, since there aren't any new releases out this week, this one comes from Anthony F. in San Antonio, Texas. We've mentioned him before. He does horror makeup and uh, editing, and he's his own little uh, creative studio there. What, what were the other things that he did? He did, he did makeup, and he... He had some kind of music thing, didn't he? Yeah, he. I, I don't know. It's I can't. I can't. I can't keep them all straight. We have so many fans. I know. Anthony. <laughs> Anthony is really cool, and he uh, said sent this to us on Facebook. He says, "I've listened to almost every episode, and I dig what you guys are doing. Keep up the good work. I would love to hear your take on Kuso. It's available on Shutter. It's one of the most fucked up films I have ever seen." Accurate. Accurate. So today, we will be talking about Kuso. Uh, we'll start out by giving a brief review and our score for the movie. We score on a scale of 1 to 10. 1 being a miserable dredge where it makes you angry to watch it. 5 being a perfectly average film that hits all the expected marks. And 10 being so good it transcends genre boundaries. After we give our score, we'll get into spoilers and take a deeper dive into what we what we liked and hated about the film. Then later, we've got a couple bits today. We'll be doing taglines and a new game <gasps> called Live Free or Die Hard. Oh, Dana gave us this game. Mm -hmm. I'm really excited about it. But first, we want to mention our website, HorrorMovieTalk.com. And that's where you can find all of our past episodes and links to our social media. Facebook, Twitter, our uh, subreddit, all that. Also, there's a little convenient extra if you go to the post for the episodes. We have the timestamps to where you can skip forward to different sections in the episode. That's uh, uh, what I like it for. Uh, we post new episodes every Wednesday. So please subscribe and leave a review of the podcast in iTunes or your preferred platform. 
You can support the podcast by buying or renting any movie or product on Amazon if you click through the green button in the header of our website. Um, it says buy on Amazon. Right next to that button, we have a new button in the header for our Patreon page. You can donate any amount, but we suggest $100 a month. $1 billion a month. But you, for you fucking cheapskates out there... <laughs> For a mere $5, you can become a Horror Movie Talk founding member. As a Horror Movie Talk founding member, you will receive a shout-out on an upcoming episode, as well as your name listed in the supporter page of HorrorMovieTalk.com. Uh, we explain it. We explain we plan on expanding to more tiers eventually. Uh, if you become a patron today, you can be one of the first. <laughs> Anyways. But not the first. We're just asking people to give us money. That's that's all that that's about. You can give any amount. You can give a dollar if you want. Um, but you won't be the first. That honor goes to Brad K. Or Biggin. Or Biggin. My buddy Biggin. Yeah. And he, boy is he. He is the biggest man you've ever seen in your whole life. <laughs> You'll go, you look at him and go, whoa, he's a big guy. He's uh, he's been a fan since the very beginning and very supportive of the show and give us uh, uh, advice and pointers and likes and dislikes. So we really appreciate Brad and thanks for becoming our first horror movie talk founding member. Member, member, member. Thanks again for listening and let's get into the show. So we watched Kuso, and as advertised, it is the most fucked up movie I have ever seen. And I've seen The Peanut Butter Solution. I don't know what that is, but Jesus Christ. There's a solution? I love this earthquake. It was the best one I ever seen. All my enemies are dead. <laughs> I know you're awake. Kuso <laughs> is a Shutter exclusive, so if you're interested in watching it after hearing our review, feel free to subscribe to Shutter and use the code HMT at checkout to get a 30-day free trial. Uh, this is where I would normally <laughs> give a summary of the film we watched, which is surprisingly hard in this situation. So even on IMDb, it only has the following plot summary. Events unfold after a devastating earthquake in Los Angeles. Dot, dot, dot. Uh, uh, That's accurate. Events unfold. <laughs> how, how unspecific can you get in terms of a, a plot summary? That's pretty... It's... You know, that could, that, could, that could describe any number of movies. That could describe volcano. Mm -hmm. That could describe um, 
that skyscraper movie, mm-hmm. you know, that's yeah. that's just all movies, yeah. basically. I mean, because everything happened after an earthquake yeah. at some point. <laughs> In L.A., yeah, exactly. <laughs> Cuso is a film directed by Flying Lotus, which is the stage name for Stephen Ellison. I was not familiar with Flying Lotus before this at all, but apparently you were. I was. My buddy Michael, from a previous job... Uh, introduced me to his music, and it is pretty. It's pretty trippy, kind of electric, kind of trip hop, kind of stuff, and it's it's good music. I like it. Cool. Uh, the movie consists of four of what I hesitate to call storylines that are written by Stephen Zach Fox and the creator of Salad Fingers, David Firth. You, have you heard of Salad Fingers before? Yeah, absolutely. I've heard of Salad Fingers. He's kind of b- before YouTube uh, mm-hmm. animations, like um, Flash animations, mm-hmm. right? And uh, very disturbing, bleak, post-apocalyptic imagery on Salad Fingers. But yeah. um, I'm kind of confused as to David Firth's... Is this like the biggest thing David Firth has done since... Since uh, Salad Fingers? or I think he's still actually doing it. Like, I think the, there was some kind of uh, crowdfunding thing to get a new episode of Salad Fingers or something like that. Yeah, it, it was one of those things that was... It was like the birth of the strange part of the internet, kind mm-hmm. of. Yeah. Uh, anyways, the, the plots of these vignettes are secondary to the surreal and disturbing imagery and production design of the whole affair. This is only one. <laughs> yeah, there's only one piece of trivia listed on, in IMDb for this movie. So, the the IMDb is barren, barren for this film, which is it shocking has because a I, one sentence plot summary and one piece of trivia, which is it received a large number of walkouts at Sundance and was deemed in an article written for Verge as the grossest movie ever made. <laughs> High uh, high praise. Yeah. Sorry, what were you going to say? Yeah, it's interesting that there is so little, in specifically in the IMDb, which is where we uh, glean a lot of information from, obviously, about the kind of the backstory of the film and the production and whatnot. Because in these sorts of, I imagine this is a cult favorite, uh, it has no choice. It has no other place to live. It re- just really can't live anywhere else other than the cult shelf. Yeah. So usually those things are just like rife with, you know, oh my God, look, he's got this guy and this guy. He's got a lot of, of uh, not big names, but pretty notable names. There is one or two very big names in this. Right. And uh, you just think there would be more about it, but there isn't. <laughs> yeah. Um, the four storylines are briefly as follows. <laughs> these are my one sentence summary of each of these. There's Royal, which is about a young couple with some interesting kinks. There's Mr. Quiggle, about an up and coming female rapper named B, uh, who goes to an alternative medicine doctor. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, that's putting it lightly. Uh-huh. There's smear. A young man has digestive issues. Yeah, boy, he sure does. And sock. A woman in search of her lost child. <laughs> oh yes. Yeah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. But really, replace all those storylines with poop, 
and that's probably a better description. <laughs> poop. Um, and I'm not like this isn't like a metaphorical poop. Like this was a real piece of shit. Literally, poop, poop yeah. is heavily featured throughout. Yeah, there's a lot of doo doo in this movie. Yeah. Big old dangles, some dangleberries too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's every variety of doo doo in this movie. Yeah. Doctor, here's the list you requested. Mm. Mm-hmm. Dingleberry itinerary. Mm-hmm. Yeah, put that on my desk. <laughs> Dingleberry itinerary. Uh, who, all right. Who was that man talking? That was George Clinton. Holy shit! From Parliament. It was. It sure was. Um. All right. So <laughs> here's the thing. <laughs> here's the thing. Let me level with you. This is a type of movie that's almost impossible to review if you say it's terrible you aren't hip enough and if you say it's great you're a pretentious douchebag so this is the type of film (laughs) here's a couple things that i wrote down in my notes to describe it this is the type of film that you would find playing on a loop in a modern art museum um it's like a david lynch student film project but weaponized that's that's true yeah I'll just say that I didn't enjoy it, but I think that's kind of the point. Um, This film is truly one of the most consistently, viscerally disgusting films I have ever seen. Uh, The most, yeah, most of the film just wallows in its own filth, but there are some moments that stand out. First being (laughs) the Mr. Quiggle storyline featuring Zach Fox playing Manuel. Uh, who is being treated by Dr. Clinton, played by, we just mentioned, George Clinton. And the second is the finale, which somehow ups the ante of grossness after an hour and a half of pure grossness. Like, I couldn't believe I could be more shocked and disgusted at the end of watching an hour and a half of this movie. But I did. Congratulations. Congratulations. Ding, 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 ding. So that being said, that this is an almost impossible movie to review. Well, like like we said on the previous episodes, I love how Roger Ebert reviewed The Human Centipede. Yeah. He it's the only movie that he didn't give a score to because mm-hmm. he said I give this film no stars because the human centipede inhabits a universe where there are no stars. <laughs> <laughs> a dark, dark place. Yeah. Um, I give it a score of two. It was extremely difficult to watch, and I didn't like it. Um, it was... I had to force myself to finish it. Um, but in, in terms of like, that's the other thing. It just wasn't super engaging. Like it was, there's only a couple moments where I was like, okay, there's like this little oasis of something happening. Yeah. (laughs) That's like the other part of this movie is like, nothing really happens and the stories aren't really told. Right. It's just a lot of disgusting shit that you're watching and disturbing imagery and different kind of vignettes. There are no real stakes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'd say, so going into this movie, I was extremely fucking upset. (laughs) Like, I had read everything about it, and I was like, this sounds 
like no fun. And uh, because I'm not big into gore, I don't like I don't I just don't like real feeling gore uh, in my in my movies. It's not something I'm I'm a big fan of. So I was shocked when I was entertained and even elated throughout this movie to the point where I enjoyed watching it quite a bit. Elated. This movie was hilarious to me. It had no choice. I had no choice but to laugh at so many parts of this movie because it didn't feel real at all. Mm-hmm. It felt like a it felt like an adult swim commercial. Yes. The whole way through. This movie was an adult swim commercial come to life. And it was it was a uh, weird, and I couldn't take it seriously, and it and I laughed out loud many times, and it tickled my dickle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and oh, dang it, I don't have the drop. And uh, I don't know, man. I think I'm gonna. I think I have been dancing around a seven on this one. I think this is a seven for me. Wow. Because it was so much fun. Uh, like it was interesting. Tickle your dickle. <laughs> it was just, uh, it, it wasn't anything that I thought it was going to be. I thought mm-hmm. it was going to be horrendous gore, and it was just funny schlock. Yeah, it's very, very schlocky. Like, yeah, I mean, like I said, it's, it's hard to, I mean, is this a good movie? Mm-hmm. No. Like, I can't say it's a good movie. Right. Um, it's I, not really a movie. I wasn't... The only reason I give it a two is that I wasn't angry at it. Like, I wasn't pissed off that it was ever made and that I had to watch it. There were a couple moments that it was like, all right, this is pretty funny. Or just like kind of non-sequitur lines that yeah. happen. Um, but for the most part, it was it was miserable. <laughs> Some miserable viewing experience. Um, I don't ever want to watch it again. I would watch this again. But, I mean, really, uh, that's kind of the point. I mean, that's the other thing that you can... The case that can be made for it being a good movie is that um, it it is very intentionally and creatively making you feel really viscerally disgusted. Yeah. Throughout. And in that... In that sense, it's very successful. Yeah. Like, more successful than most movies that would try to do that. Right. Would pull off. There's another aspect of this, which is, like, I don't like movies that feel real and that are super, super, super gory or intense or violent. Like, mm-hmm. ultra-violence, it's upsetting to me, because, because especially when I have empathy for the characters. Right. When I feel worried, you know... It's a feeling thing. It's empathy. Right. There was no empathy in this movie. I couldn't feel for anyone. I was essentially a sociopath watching this. And furthermore, I love metal. I love <laughs> metal music. And and decades of watching metal music videos has prepared me very well yeah. for this movie. Because this is a culmination of the most metal music videos I've ever seen, all thrown into one. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, so this is nothing I haven't seen before and gone, <laughs> yeah. You know, it's just, 
it just fits somehow. Yeah. And I it's it's not great. Yeah, so this is another wide discrepancy between me and David. Yeah. Like uh yeah. <laughs> I have my notes on this are hilarious. <laughs> All right, well, let's get into spoilers. All right, let's <laughs> just spoil this game for Kuso. Spoilers. He got really deep on the register on that yeah. one. All right, so, I mean, there's a lot of stuff we can talk about with this movie. I just kind of... Included my stream of consciousness notes as I was watching it. That's uh, really the only way you can do this. Yeah. Or Tetsuo the Iron Man. Yeah, it's not. It's not easy. It's 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 not. It's not chronologically correct. It's just a bunch of ideas, kind of. Yeah. So the opening of the film doesn't really match the tone of the rest of it. To be honest, it it opens with like a newscast that's interrupted by. Uh, what can only be described as like word jazz. Yeah, it's it's a vaguely Eric Andre esque sort of opening to yeah. to the to the quote unquote show. There's just this this yeah, it's guy. got like a bebop bebop song going on in the background. The guy is just kind of riffing off of what happened. Supposedly, some kind of earthquake earthquake happened. Um, which is not important to the storyline at all. <laughs> I mean, it sets the stage for this is post-apocalyptic L.A. Sure. Yeah. That's, a, that's it. Yeah. Um, and then the first part is uh, part one of Royal, um, which is the, the story of this, this couple. Yeah. And <laughs> it immediately is super uncomfortable. <laughs> they, they're... This guy is sitting in his bed. He hears some muffled fucking from next door, and just muffled just sudden, like almost immediately, I was off put by the grossest pillow I've ever <laughs> seen in my life. Like it's one of those like small details that you're like, oh my god, this movie is like how. How disturbing can a pillow be? Full of that. This movie has so many details like that. Just gross stains and sticky shit and just looks like someone... Do you, have you ever been on Reddit and, and come across the uh, the infamous post of the cum box? Yeah. Yeah, this was like the cum box except on a pillow. Yeah, it was, it was pretty nasty. <laughs> and... <clears throat> So they're like making out him and his girlfriend. Hey, you know what you should do? I'm sorry to interrupt you, but you should include the Cumbox post in our horror movie. Oh yeah, yeah, I should for sure. (laughs) If anyone, if anyone likes Kuso, they're gonna love the Cumbox post. Oh yeah, it is vile. Um, I was, (laughs) I was actually considering like, you know, I have the podcast marked as mature, (laughs) and I was like. Can we, we go higher than that? We don't really. I mean, we're not really like mature content. We say fuck a couple times. I mean, we're pretty PG thirteen. Mm. And I was just about to change it, and then we came across this movie. Can't and I'm do like, it. I can't. No. Can't do it. This is this is bad. Yeah. Um. So <laughs> this couple. Can you describe their faces? Yeah. So they kind of had like uh, hepatitis. 
You know, they were kind of in the middle of an outbreak. Herpes, Herpes. Like the worst herpes outbreak just soars all around their mouths. lips and mouths, and they're making out. And they and they were like loose blisters. Yeah. There's a lot of loose blisters makeup. Uh-huh. The, the loose blister makeup artist on this one really put in their work. They put in some fucking overtime on right. this movie. The makeup artist, I looked up. Um, some of the production stuff, and the and you'll recognize, I think Mr. Oizo or something. Oh yeah, yeah. So there was a music video that featured John C. Riley as like this fat guy in like a hover round. Yeah. Do you remember that music video? Vaguely, yeah. And he just had just really really gross makeup on, and and he did pretty much everything in this movie, which makes sense because yeah. it was gross. Um. So, anyways, they have sex, and uh, the the woman wraps a rope around the guy's neck as he's jacking off, and so I guess it's not auto erotic asphyxiation because he's not doing it himself. Yeah, I think that would be the auto part. So it's just erotic asphyxiation, right? This is which seems a lot scarier to me. Although it's probably much more safe, but to have someone else choking uh-huh. you. Like, ooh. yeah, you got to be on good terms with your with your girlfriend or wife. Like, you wouldn't want to have a fight. No, I wouldn't want to have makeup sex with this girl because she'd probably just be like, eh, maybe I'm not made up. Maybe I'm not so happy, though. Yeah. Um, And then, I mean, I can't even describe how how. So he gets off. I mean, while... I'm going to use gross the word gross in this, but I can't. I should have looked up a thesaurus. Vile. Different. different words for gross he comes and turns around and just like smears it on her cheek and just like the most disturbing nonchalant way and she's like mm. mm-hmm. oh god oh yeah it's just so bad and then she sings him to sleep and so i was wondering is this the type of musical that you like i love it <laughs> this was I mean, I know you hate musicals, but there are several musical numbers in this movie. This it could be termed as a musical. This really <laughs> every part of this was like a, like I was so like it was such a weird transformation because about halfway through the movie I realized I liked it a lot. <laughs> like so it was like it was like it was like me like kind of in the fetal position for the f- very first couple minutes of this and then this come thing happened and I was like <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of I don't I'm scared of what's going to happen next and then like slowly I loosened up and I was like <laughs> like it, and then it was it was just hilarious to me I think I think the viewing order of the last two movies we saw would impact us differently yeah because you watched Tetsuo, Tetsuo first. first yeah which is which is a hot fucking dumpster fire of, <laughs> of like uh, imagery imagery and sensory overload and then you watch this which is still super intense but it must have been just a relief by comparison oh yeah for sure yeah. kuso was a breath of fresh air compared to tetsuo yeah and then for me i watched kuso and was just inundated with the most intense um you know visceral response from myself from a movie and then I followed up with Tetsuo, which just made me even just worse. made me sink into depression. Yeah, 
It's only it's been less than like twelve hours. There's st- since I watched Kuso or T- Tetsuo, and I'm just like I fucking hate my life. There's an element of this movie, and it's it's going from Kuso to Tetsuo, and so yeah, I I couldn't I didn't think that it could get much worse than Kuso when I was watching it. Yeah, but it can. There's definitely an element of the relief from Tetsuo, but now it does. Kuso does speak to me on a on a primordial <laughs> comedy level. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's like I said, it's got some shining moments in it. <laughs> um, so the, the other thing that I was going to say throughout this movie, I, I wrote the note: the production design provided by hoarders. <laughs> yeah, man. I, yeah, in both of these movies, Tetsuo and Kuso, the amount of effort that went into making shit look like a total right. train wreck of yeah. a fucking mess was... Yeah, it's something that you step back and you're like, people did this. Yeah. Like, it, normally to see something this disgusting, you would have to like... It takes years to get fa- things this gross. someone for a couple decades of negligence. <laughs> Right. It, normally, it takes several years to get this gross. But this was intense, focused effort to create disgust. Yeah. And and then they clean... By, by golly, they they got there. Then they cleaned it up afterwards, I imagine. Yeah. Unless they, like... Unless these are, like, sets on the Paramount lot. You know? <laughs> it's like, and this is the Kusa set. Here And here we have the field of buttholes. Yeah. I mean, it, it amazes me... That's what amazes me about movies like this, is that all this stuff takes as much or more preparation as a normal movie. Like, someone has to prep all the fake poop. <laughs> Who's- Someone's got to prep, got to create, prep, place, and film fake poop. Let's get that bucket of poop in here. Where's that shit bucket? <laughs> all right, then we're introduced to the next uh, vignette uh, titled Smear. And this one is just a much more traditional avant-garde section where it just exists in weirdness. Yeah. So a, a little short little man-child guy wakes up, has <laughs> breakfast with his mom, um, and then they're talking about like his dead father or something and saying there's a line that I can't remember the context of, but his mommy's milk sack was rotting from the inside out. <laughs> and, uh, oh yeah, that's right. He was describing how his father asked yeah, him his father. to help operate on his mother. And he said, I would have to hold her down so he could cut the owie out. Yeah. And then he'd become a man. Yeah. No, and his dad would show his mom that he was a man right through this act. Yes. Yeah. Um uh, I mean so many just like so many things we could talk about here. Um it really reminds me of the uh, the animated shorts on YouTube, Don't Hug Me, I'm Scared. Yeah. Just lots of just weird disturbing like food things. Yeah. And uh and then he leaves. <laughs> This is the best part. This is the best part in the whole this movie. Is, this is Im- immediately where I was like, I'm on board. I get it. Yeah. Yeah. This is. So he leaves. And as he's like getting in, does he get in a car? It doesn't matter. He as just walks out of the house and he, he's it's like he's walking to school. And then 
on his way out, he is passed by just a this honga line of big black dudes. Tremendous hulking black men. That, you know, you only assume are going to run a train on his mom. Because his mom's standing at the door and, like, greeting each of these these big black dudes. And she's like, come on in, come on in. And the last guy... <laughs> Picks her up and is like, mm. and carries her <laughs> carries through the threshold. See, this kid's walking to school, watching all these big black guys getting ready to run this massive train on his mom. And I'm just like, yeah, <laughs> that's fucking so messed up. Yeah. <laughs> and then he, he goes to school and he shits himself. Yeah. And he's the teacher's like. Very interested in what happened because yeah. there's this whole this whole thing is permeated by just fart sounds. Yeah, fart sounds are the name of the game in Kuso. It's <laughs> <laughs> like there's just there's just fart sounds everywhere, and this and one of them gets a, gets the ear of this teacher, and the teacher's like, <laughs> and well, like it's kind of interesting because it, it feels like he's very very humiliated. Yeah. By shitting himself in, in class. But in this world, that seems like the most normal thing in in the entire universe. All these people to, with tumors and loose bowels. Yeah. Yeah, it seems... Yeah, it seems like it would be... Yeah. Okay. <laughs> normal. Anyways, he's shunned by the classroom and all the kids are laughing at him and he goes, goes out into the woods... Find his field of dreams. Oh, fuck, not the woods. Nothing good ever happens in the woods. And nothing good happened in the woods. So he, he goes out, and this was like a really weird, surreal part. He sees a raw chicken swimming in the stream. Yeah. And giving birth to, like, some kind of pig thing. Yeah, it made squeals like a pig. And then the... I can't remember if it's the kid himself or some no. other guy. There's this other guy looking in the stream at this big, big chicken that's yeah. that's sitting in the stream, and the chicken starts to like give birth, give birth to, to something, something, and then instant boner. And then the dude's Just like, like boing, boing, this huge boner pops up in his pants. Uh, oh, it's man. so weird. And then the the kid finds just a random what I can only describe as a random anus in the woods. Mhm. Yeah. Mhm. Mhm. I mean, it happens to everyone occasionally where you like stumble upon something that's just not you're like, "What is that? That seems out of place." Yeah, a giant giant like manhole-sized anus poking out through the woods. Yeah. Like a prolapsed anus coming from the ground. Right. Yeah, like a pink sock. Yeah, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> and uh, and then it, the the anus has like a tongue coming out of it. Yeah. To where the kid who just freshly pooped on the ground goes back, picks up some poop, and smears it on the tongue, which just laps it up like a like a hungry dog. Yeah, there's poop everywhere. Poop everywhere. Poop poop for days. So, anyways, that's why it's called smear, and that's just part one of that story. <laughs> So interesting thing about Flying Lotus uh, is he has done a lot of work with Adult Swim. And yeah, that makes sense. He's done a lot of music for a lot of Adult Swim. You know, he's been featured on Adult Swim. He's done a lot of music for a lot of the shows on Adult Swim. He obviously has ties to Tim and Eric. Yeah. Um, just because Tim Heidecker is in this movie, uh, and um, and you know, uh, I. 
believe, yeah, Eric Andre show is on Adult Swim, and Hannibal Re- Hannibal Barres is in this movie as well. So, but that vibe is so strong. That Adult Swim vibe is just it permeates this whole movie to me. It just seems like this is this is what Adult Swim is like behind the scenes. This is their this is their headquarters. Yeah, <laughs> that's what it feels like to me. Yeah. Um, I wrote down at this point, this is going to be a long movie. (laughs) (laughs) When he smears the poop on the tongue in the butthole. Yeah, no, that's, (laughs) that's definitely the part where, you know, you're in in for a ride. (laughs) Um, so yeah, let's talk about the sound effects throughout. So you, you mentioned all the farts, just constant stream of every type of fart sound effect you could find. He just found like. They found the CD with 500 fart, fart sound effects and got their money's worth out of it in there's this movie. A, there's all the standard ones. You know, there's these canned sound effects that every movie uses and that you that you that your ear goes, oh, I've heard that fart before. <laughs> yeah. So if you've seen The Labyrinth, uh, a really great movie from the 80s, uh, one of my very favorite movies, a Jim Henson movie, uh, there is the Bog of Eternal Stench. And in it, there's a bunch of buttholes in a box that oh, are that's like, right. and a lot of the sound effects from there are in this. And a lot of the imagery from there is in this, <laughs> the steamy swamp. That's just full of buttholes. Just like, <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah, that's great. The bog of eternal stench. The other sound effects that are used throughout is there's some very cartoon, like recognizable cartoon sound effects. Uh-huh. Yeah. Blink. Like, blink. Like the blink sound effect and... Getting poked in the eye sound effect. Blink. Yeah. Yeah, just lots of Three Stooges-esque or Looney Tunes-esque sound effects throughout. Um, and then, at one notable moment, lots of sound effects from Mortal Kombat. Yes. The video game. <laughs> yeah. There's actually, a few, there's actually a few callbacks to... Uh, video games. Yeah, yeah, video games and... And like specifically Super Nintendo. So at the start in that first sketch where the guy hears the the muffled sex sounds, he ha- kind of like has it pans around the room and there's a Nint- uh, Super Nintendo with a cartridge in it that says in stylized font Flying Lotus on it. Huh. So cool. There's a callback to that. There's a lot of video game sounds and references. Yeah. And even above the uh, the prolapsed anus in the woods, there was like some kind of floating coins or something yes. that he was supposed to get. Yeah. Um, so this this movie, just in, in case we haven't covered it, is basically you can skip at any point across any point in this movie and uh, come across a disturbing image. Oh yeah, the yeah. whole thing is made of them. It's yeah. the movie made of disturbing. It does not let up. It's just one one situation that's disgusting after the other. Yeah. Um, all right, and then so the other storyline. This is this is the smallest storyline called Sock, and it has this woman crawling around. Like the synopsis said, she was like eating concrete or something, and her one of her only lines is, "My baby is trapped behind the concrete." And I can't reach. And I need to eat her to survive. Yeah, she mumbles a lot of stuff. Yeah, and then she is directed by 
an unseen voice, which you assume is the voice of God, I guess. Satan. She's praying to, like, go down into this hole. She's like, no, but that's, that hole goes to hell. The hall. The hall? Yeah, the hall is hell. Okay. The hall has the portal to hell or whatever. And then the voice is like, no, it's fine. And then she goes and then she falls down to hell, basically. Yeah. Um, and that's that's probably the smallest storyline. The the most notable storyline comes next, which is Mr. Quiggle, <laughs> which starts out with um, this uh, this woman watching TV with the Banishers. The Banishers is that's what? Yeah, their names are the Banishers. Okay, or that's what the what their race is, or something like that. They're like these fuzzy, big fuzzy Muppets with TV screens <laughs> yeah. as faces. Right. And, uh, and, and it's voiced by Hannibal. Hannibal, Barres, and someone else. Some other guy with a, with a nice voice. Yeah. And they're watching TV, watching like, Dick's getting stabbed in yeah, the urethra that's the on TV. Whole, they're just sitting there with bongs, taking these huge rips, and watching Dick's getting stabbed and being like, oh, that was a good one. <laughs> that was great. Look at that one. Ooh, boy, that really gushed. <laughs> and they have some kind of power over the woman like she... I can't remember what, what yeah, it was. So they, so she was their slave, basically. Right, yeah. And they banished <laughs> her parents. They And she's like, I'd just really like to see my parents. I'd just really like to see my parents again. And they're like, That's oh, right. yeah, we banished them. And, and she's like, what? You have my parents? And they're like, yeah. And then, and then they throw her parents up on the TV screen of their face. And her mom's like, honey, we tried to go to hell, but we couldn't make it. Now we're stuck and we need cash. (laughs) It turned into like a like a grab for money. Yeah. Like instantaneously. Like we're in the afterlife and we need money. (laughs) I was like, yay. Yeah. um, And then (laughs) she goes into the bathroom and performs a pregnancy test. Followed by shitting. Yeah. And then suddenly Tim Heidecker's head comes through the toilet (laughs) as her ex-boyfriend and describes basically raping her. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was like you were were dead. Like you were a a dead dog just sitting there. You're so pretty. I just thrust into you. Just made it very clear that it was not consensual. Over and over again. And he ends up with, anyway, checked out your mixtape. <laughs> it's great. Everybody thinks you're so talented. Yeah. And then I, I wrote down a question. How did they not get DeAntward for this movie? Oh, man. That's a great question. They would have been perfectly suited for this movie. Yeah. Yeah, they would have been dead on. Well, it's I guess probably because it's Flying Lotus. Maybe there's some sort of... Bad beef there. Bad beef there. I don't know. Um, like mumble mumble rappers or something. Um, so back to smear the anus in the woods. Uh, this time instead of a tongue, there's a face, and he smears poop on it. That's one of the more disconcerting parts of this movie. Is that face that shows up in the butthole? Yeah, really dead looking. And it's basically the the face of his dad. Oh, it is. I f- I thought so. It kept switching between the picture of his dad and the face. I think you're yeah. supposed to understand that it was his face. Um, <laughs> his 
His and face. There's a green lightning bolt that comes out of the butthole. The butthole and strikes the <laughs> kid in the head. And uh, I, I, I don't know why I made this note here, but I, I made the note. I literally started to feel my gag reflex. <laughs> Really? I remember. You know how last week we did, um, what did we do? We did the ruins. Yeah. But there was a good section about talking about y- drinking urine uh-huh. in this clip yeah. that was on your mom's house. Yeah. And uh, the feedback we got for that from uh, Jessica yeah. was maybe less talk about drinking urine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I felt kind of bad. I'm like, yeah, maybe we did talk about that too much for the record i thought it was i actually went back and listened and it was pretty hilarious i thing. thought so too um, i can't adhere to these ridiculous yeah. standards um but i'm sorry jessica this this episode is not new, good news for you if you yeah. if you do not like hearing about people drinking urine she you should out. probably just should not watch kuso she checked out ages ago yeah we're like and then there was a tongue that came out of the Big gaping butthole in the woods, and then a lightning bolt hit, and we put some poop on that tongue. Right. Um, all right, back to Mr. Quiggles. So the the woman rapper is in this doctor's office to get checked up, yeah, pregnancy test or whatever. Yeah, and then it kind of switches to this other character, um, Manuel. Man- yeah, Manuel, I who's kind of like sitting next to her in the waiting room for this uh, this homeopathic doctor. <laughs> Yeah, um, <laughs> and and he's just sitting in in the the waiting room, and it's gross, and they're wet watching like commercials on the TV, um, you know, call one eight eight rat fuck, <laughs> and there's these porn actresses that are in the commercials of the t on the TV. Yeah, and I thought like. Is this the most embarrassing thing or the least embarrassing thing that they're doing today? Right. Yeah. I mean, I don't think, you know, I, I don't I don't think that's fair. I th- and in fact, I think porn actresses get offended when people are like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry you're a stripper. I'm sorry you're a porn person. So, um, shame on you for, sh- okay, for right. slut shaming them. I was slut shaming. I'm sorry. Um... So, <laughs> yeah, I'll skip over that. The, the The important part for that one is it comes up when it comes back to it. So it goes back to sock, um, <laughs> and the voice <laughs> the voice comes and says, "Do not fear the feces, for that is your baby." <laughs> Jesus, the the implication there, and. Uh, and then throughout throughout the whole movie, there's a lot of um, interspersed animation um, that reminds me a lot of this YouTube uh, animator Syriac. Ever seen his stuff? Um, that and then the other. Uh, it's very reminiscent of just a very very fucked up Terry Gilliam <laughs> style, yeah. Monty Python esque right style. Um, that animation reminded me very much of an infant annihilator. Okay, so my very favorite metal band right now, and for the past couple of years, has been a band called Infant Annihilator. And one of their videos is done in this exact style, and it seems like it's probably done by the same guy. 
the video is called Blasphemian, and you can check that out if you want to see more of this really strange, kind of like overlaid um, animation, I guess. It's very strange. Yeah. Yeah, it's... Um yeah, it's fucked up. All right, so now we, we get back to Mr. Quiggles. Mr. Quiggles Part 3. And this is like the shining moment of the movie for me. It really is. So Manuel is in the back with Dr. Clinton. <laughs> George Clinton is so down with yeah. everything that's being asked of him. Yeah. It's hilarious. Uh, and they're doing some kind of alternative medicine stuff on him. And he's not really on board. <laughs> they they like revive him. I think that's where it comes back. They revive him, and the nurse is like, breathe, breathe. And he's like, bitch, I know how to breathe. (laughs) (laughs) But what was his, what was the thing that he was ailing from? What was his problem? We didn't, we didn't say this. Like he was. Why was he going to the doctor? He had an intense fear of breasts. Of big boobs. Yeah. And then the person who comes out to call him in is a nurse with massive old cans. Yeah. And so he's in the back and he's like not buying into this treatment at all. He says, I came in here with one fear and I'm leaving with seven. <laughs> um, so at which point the treatment is basically George Clinton kneeling over Manuel, getting ready to shit on him. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And go uh, on. And, uh... Then he does. And then he does. There's this weird part where he's supposed to sing, or they need music to entice the treatment to happen. So what happens is he starts singing um, acapella to Dr. Clinton's asshole. I have to be some fire acapella. Uh That's why I'm doing it. And, uh, and I'll I'll play that right here. Here, I I got a, I got a clip. Let's just do it acapella. Fuck a beat. Acapella? Yeah. This shit gonna have to be hard. Well, yeah, we'll make it that way. Right. Y'all ready? Get deep. Just like, I don't even know. Fuck. Mr. Quiggo. Mr. Quiggo, 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 I gotta talk to you, got a whole lot of shit to do, see you up in that ass, let me talk to you right fast, yeah, talk to me nigga, before I pull this trigger, I've been in this bitch all day. <laughs> oh, oh, shit. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, <laughs> describe the the actual treatment. What happens next, David? Well, um, uh, there was, uh, you know, remember Men in Black? And there's those little guys uh, who are like, hey, Zed, how are you? Like giant crawfish. Yeah, like big old crawfish. One of them lives in George Clinton's butthole, and he comes out and uh, kind of bestows. What is? So he? what happens is <laughs> he's instructed to um, basically tear off one of the tentacles. Yeah, 
and uh, drink down as much of the stuff that comes out as possible. Mm-hmm. And so he rips off this tentacle and Mr. just a Mr. a faucet of rancid pus comes out mm. into the guy's mouth. <laughs> Mr. Quiggle. Mr. Quiggle. drinks it down, and then he's cured. We need more movies like Cuso in this world. <laughs> Thank you, Flylo. He, he loves boobs now. He, it, he Yeah, he wakes up and he's like, Woo! And he sees the boobs and he's like, <laughs> this, is the, this is the fucking most ridiculous movie ever made. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous. It gives me so much energy. Yeah, it's it's fun to talk about. It's, this is definitely like one of the most fun movies to talk about. I mean, maybe the only one funner so far is probably Sleepaway Camp. Yeah, Sleepaway for sure. Camp was a lot of fun. Yeah, if you haven't listened to our episode of Sleepaway Camp, that's my favorite episode and probably Bryce's favorite as well. Yeah. Um, I'd, I'd like to bring up a point. This is not a horror movie. This falls into the horror camp by default because there's nowhere else for it to live. Yeah, I mean, well, no, I, there's definitely body horror elements oh, of it. Yeah, I guess heavy, so. Heavy body horror um, and more in terms of disturbing right? Than than anything. I think what this really is is an exploitation film. This is a film in the in the vein of exploitation films of the 70s. And you, I, I convinced you to see Chillerama, didn't I? No. I think I did. The movie with the, the, the sperm that grows and then takes over Manhattan? No. Oh, okay. So it's like a... It's another exploitation film that I love a lot. And it's, uh, it's just fucked up and weird. <laughs> and... Uh, and that's what this really is, I think. Yeah. Is kind of just this this really camp sort of thing that exists. Um, okay, it cuts back to B. And she walks in on Tim Heidecker <laughs> fucking something. Yeah. And it's, I mean, you get the full-on experience of seeing Tim Heidecker's ass his whole naked body from, from the back as he's fucking something and it's like he's a thick boy not flattering he's a thick boy yeah and he's and he's fucking this it's like a it's like a it's like a biological sex toy it's like a living <laughs> sex toy yeah that's like built out of just like vaginas and buttholes and uh-huh. mouths and stuff yeah. and it's just this big fleshy thing and as he's doing it there's all these huh <laughs> <laughs> Lots of like squishing and fart sounds. He's just, ugh. That was that was pretty funny. And, gross. and I think it was in her apartment or something. He's like, she's like, what are you doing in here? He's like, well, I, uh, is that supposed to be me? And he's like, <laughs> anyways, I think she kicks him out, and then um, she's got a restraining order on him. She's got a restraining order on him, and then it's got the the banishers or whatever. And it's what I can only describe as a Mortal Kombat abortion happens. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was great. I mean, this movie's got everything. Yeah, it does. I mean, if you want to be offended, if you want your sensibilities finish, offended... Finish her. <laughs> if you have, like, a grandmother that's really into Emily Post and 
like is offended if you blow your nose at the dinner table. Like, if you want to just give her a heart attack and just end her, yeah, there's Kuso. Sit her, sit her down and make her watch Kuso. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, <laughs> yeah, finish her abortion fatality. Yeah, fatality. And toasty, toasty, <laughs> and uh, and then they smoke the fetus. <laughs> she smokes it. She's like, we should smoke this, you guys. And the banishers are there, and they're like, yeah. So inundated with moments that it's hard to cover them all. Yeah, in this. That's my oh, and we. By the way, in the Mister Quiggles part, my one of my favorite parts in that was he's like thanking the uh, the little the little guy up in George Clinton's butt. Right. He's like, "You cured me, little guy." And so he's so there's a camera inside George Clinton's butt butthole uh-huh, looking literally. out at him, and he he's like, "You want a fist bump?" <laughs> so he fists goes <laughs> he fist bumps George Clinton's butthole. Yeah. I didn't think I'd ever say those words in that order. That's the question I had. Was that a stunt ass, or do you think that was just what George Clinton's butthole looks like? George Clinton was remarkably into <laughs> this. Like, he was down with every part of this, so mm-hmm. probably the latter. It was no, probably uh-huh. his butthole. Right. Um, all right, to round, so, uh, to round out the film, the finale that I mentioned was also the other shining moment, uh, was ending Royal, the, the story about the couple. And, <laughs> uh, woo. Yeah. This was very so funny this, as well. Yeah. This is the other thing that I wrote down as an impression of this film is this is like a live action, a live action movie of Ren and Stimpy close-ups. Yeah. Like, if you're watching Ren and Stimpy, and it has, like, the close-up shot of the still... The still ...illustration. Frame. Yeah. Or it's just, like, a face full of pus and... Veins. Veins and whatnot. Effort. It's like a live-action movie of just that. Yeah. So gross. And... So... It's revealed that the woman in this relationship is hiding a gigantic living boil... On her neck, yeah. And voiced by <laughs> Boyle is voiced by the Salad Fingers dot Salad Fingers guy. I can't uh, remember his David name. Uh, David Firth Firth, and <laughs> they're thinking she she's tried everything to remove it, cutting it off, burning it off, and this Boyle is like reasoning with him. He's like, "You guys, it's not going to work." Yeah, I'm, I'm invincible. You're never going to cut me off. Like we got to come to some kind of agreement. Yeah, and then they do. They 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 end on a happy note because Beca- the the guy um, gets filleted by the talking boil. He's like, just put that wiener right up in here. Give it to me. Just I I can't properly describe how disturbing this moment was. You mean how? Del- Delightful. Disgusting. Delightful. Like, full-on a dick getting sucked by a talking boil. Yeah, it uh, it doesn't shy away from showing that. From no. showing the pretend dick, but nevertheless, the depiction of a dick being sucked by a puppet, a sticky puppet boil. Oh, shaking my head. Oh, man, but... Uh, it is so... 
fucked up. It's what is hilarious. The most one of the most fucked up things I've seen on film. It's definitely moment. It's definitely impressive. And uh, <laughs> yeah, they really revel in the cum. Yes, a lot. Cum and poop. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and pus. Mm-hmm. That's all. That's all fair to say. Not so much urine, actually. A lot of farts. A lot of farts. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. anyways, uh, you know, before before you end, I would like to say, I mean, we've had this discussion in the past, but there's a lot of bad boobs in this movie, Bryce. <laughs> there definitely are. You have to admit that. Yeah, there's there's some, there's some bad boobs. <laughs> Yay! In yeah. Okay. Good. Um. Yeah, I draw the line of boils um, on boobs. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't care how perfectly formed they are. If there's a boil the size of a silver dollar, yeah, it's poking out. Like, I'm, I'm just not that interested. I'm gonna get fired for this. <laughs> for this episode, <laughs> I'm thinking about. It, I'm like, well, if anybody, if anybody listens to this, I'm just fired. Um. All right. So, final recommendations. Who would like this? This is what I wrote down. If you like the show Hoarders, but only the bathrooms part, <laughs> you might like this. Also, if you like Harmony Kareen's films, like he made Gummo. Okay. Um, if you like his films, but wish they weren't so mainstream. Yeah, it's hard to... You'd probably like this movie. When when you he's, You wonder if he feels... You know, like, like boxed in, uh-huh. like he can't, like he can't spread his wings and fly, yeah. not, not like fly, flying lotus. Mm-hmm. I, I think if you enjoy Adult Swim humor, if if you get high as a fucking kite, and you watch weird shit, and that's delightful to you, this movie is great for that. Or it could be your worst nightmare uh, also. But uh, I had a really uh, pretty good time watching Cousteau. So thank you, Anthony. I uh, <laughs> I did not expect it to be this way. I fully expected to be like, boo, I hate it. Yeah. Again, I think it's just the experience of watching in the order that we did. That, that definitely had an effect on it. But like I said, I mean... I've been watching metal videos that are yeah. as bad or worse than this my whole life. Yeah, it's really hard to hard to hard to score it. It is hard to score because it. it's not it's not what you expect. It's not average. Yeah, it's got good parts in it. Like it's it's very intentionally made. Yeah, and it succeeds in what it's trying to do, but it is just an absolutely miserable experience watching it. Vile and reprehensible yeah. for sure. Um. All right. So that was Kuso. Let's move on to taglines. Here's taglines. <laughs> Gotta find my taglines. Okay, so taglines is a bit where we come up with alternate taglines for the movie we just reviewed, 
and um, pitch them to each other. So I got four. How many you got? I have one, two, three, four. Okay, I'll go first. All right. Kuso. So many anuses. <laughs> Kuso. Buttholes. Buttholes everywhere. <laughs> this is the same damn tagline. It's almost like we watched Kuso. I know. Kuso. Kuso is Japanese for herpes flare-up. <laughs> Kuso. You know that feeling where you like being strangled during sex and you also like being pooped on and vomiting a lot? And you also like to run trains on little old ladies and have vivid descriptions of rape? Yeah. Kuso. Kuso. Can you come out with stink like that? Poop. Poop mouth. Come out poop out of your mouth. <laughs> I like that mm-hmm. one. Uh, okay, do you have my levels turned up on my... Yeah. Okay, Kuso. Stop. Poop. <laughs> Dang, what did I think of that one? That, one, that one's great. All right. Stop pooping. Kuso. Poop again! <laughs> poop again! Kuso. When PCP isn't an option. <laughs> all right. Is that it? That's all I got. All right, that's taglines. All right, so now we're going to play a new game called Live Free or Die Hard, and I'm really excited about it. Just a second. Let me, let me get this set up. I got a theme song for it. Ooh, Wow. gotta have the slide whistle yeah all right <laughs> live free or die hard this bit comes from dana c in oklahoma she sent us a facebook message and left a really nice review for us um on facebook as well so in this game we pick a horror movie from the year 1988 which is the same year that die hard came out okay um so i'm gonna read you a summary of the plot of the film that I picked. And within that plot, there will be f- several names, five characters from the film. And then I'll list off the characters and you have to guess whether by the end of the movie, they live free or they die hard. So essentially, let me sum this up a little bit. I have to, you're going to choose a movie from 1988. Uh-huh. You're going to list five characters. Uh-huh. And then... 
You choose whether they lived or died by the end of the movie. I choose whether they lived or died by the end of that movie. Right. Okay. Um, I would like to say that we did have a competition on Horror Movie Talk for this very thing, to come up with a new bit. Yeah. And and the yeah, competition... Yeah, I, I think we can announce that Dana won. Yeah, Dana won, and uh, the check is in the mail. She get, I'm sending her 10 bucks Amazon gift card, and I'll reach out to you, Dana, via the Horror Movie Talk Facebook, because that's the method that we've been talking over. Yep. So, without further ado... Yeah. Let's uh, live we'll free. Send you, we'll send you a sticker too, Dana. Yeah, let's live free or die hard. All right. So the movie today for Live Free or Die Hard is Poltergeist Three. Jesus Christ! It came out in nineteen eighty-eight. How am I supposed to? Okay. <laughs> Have you seen this movie? Uh huh. No way. Recently, actually. Is it good? No. This came out in nineteen eighty-eight. Yeah. They had three by that time. Uh huh. The first one was released in what eighty-one or two. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So here's here's like the, the plot summary. So the Freeling family, that's the family from Poltergeist, mm. sends, sends Carol Ann to live with Diane's sister Pat and her husband Bruce in Chicago. So Carol Ann is the little kid that said they're here. Pat and Bruce are unaware of the events that the Freeling family had endured in the previous two films, only noting that Stephen was involved in a bad land deal. <laughs> along with Dana, along with Donna, Bruce's, oh yeah, along with Donna, Bruce's daughter from a previous marriage, they live in the brand new luxury skyscraper of which Bruce is the manager. Carol Ann has been made to discuss her experiences by her teacher slash psychiatrist, Dr. Seton. Seton believes her to be delusional. However, the constant discussion has enabled the evil spirit of Reverend Henry Kane, played by Nathan Davis, to locate Carol Ann and bring him back from the limbo he was sent during his previous encounter with her. Kane drains the high rise of heat and begins re- begins appearing in mirrors. Not believing in ghosts, Dr. Seaton has come to the conclusion that Carol Ann is a manipulative child with the ability to perform mass hypnosis, making people believe they are being attacked by ghosts. Also during this period, Tangina Barons, Tangina or Tangina? Tangina wow. Barons. What a name. Realizes that Kane has found Carol Ann and travels cross country to protect her. So Tangina is the like the paranormal psychologist lady, like the little tiny lady from Poltergeist that exercises the demons. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Alright, so first character to predict whether they lived free or died hard is Tangina Barons. Played by Zelda Rubenstein. Okay. The little lady. The little lady. Who's exercising the demons. Mm-hmm. See, so if they made it to three, this is this is my reasoning. If they made it to three, they are, they're in it. Yeah. I'm pretty sure Tangina is in all of them, too. Yeah. She's like the, yeah. They're committed to this series. They, they know it to be a blockbuster Money maker, and Tangina, Tangina <laughs> is essential to that, or at least a, a hallmark part of uh-huh. the series so right. far. So I'm going to say she lived free because without her, 
Where could Poltergeist 4 be? Tangina Barons died. God damn it. Tangina is taken by Kane, who is disguised as Carol Ann. And that's why there were never, never again did we see the name Poltergeist hitting uh, the box office, right, Bryce? <laughs> right. Right. Okay, second character is Bruce Gardner, played by played by Tom Skerritt. So this is the, the uncle. The uncle. Of Carol Ann. And, and what did he do again? What was his? So he role? was the manager for this new luxury skyscraper that they're all living in that's being haunted by Kane. Let me just, let me just say really quick i have a i have a an opinion about the 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 description of poltergeist 3 it sounds a lot like you know kind of like ghostbusters 2 the ooze ooze one and also gremlins 2 gremlins 2 yeah it's pretty close because like, it takes let, place in a skyscraper. Let's yeah. take them to the city. Let's yeah. put them in a skyscraper. Let's up the stakes here, yeah. people. Mm-hmm. And it's around the same time. Anyway, uh, back to Bruce. Bruce Gardner, Bruce played by Tom Skerritt. Gardner. Um, and he was put in charge of the little girl, mm-hmm. right? He was her ward, if you will. Mm-hmm. One of them, yeah. One of her, them. Her actual, the relation is through Bruce's wife, uh, Pat. Okay, so he's not blood to this he's little girl. He's not blood to the girl. No. Who he is the ward of. So I'm going to say he's dispensable, you can get rid of him, and it, it will have impact, but because he's not blood, it's not that big of a deal. So I'm saying he's dying hard. Bruce Gardner lives. God damn it. I mean, it's played by Tom Skerritt. You can't kill Tom Skerritt. I don't even know. I have no idea who that is. Who is that? We'll look him up. Who that? Who that boy? Oh. This guy. Yeah, that guy. Yeah, that guy. Well, he could die. Everybody dies, Bryce. Yeah, yeah, He's probably dead right now. All right, that's fair. Um, Anyways, he lives. So Bruce is actually captured by Cain, but eventually is returned to Pat after Cain is defeated. Mm. So he kind of dies, but by the end of the movie, he lives free. Okay. So zero for two. Zero for two. Donna Gardner is the daughter of Bruce, played by Lara Flynn Boyle. Okay. So, cute girl. I'm going to say she... Lives with her rich parents. Skyrise. Oh, is she a brat? I can't remember. And I don't want to give you a hint for that. Because if I said she was a brat, then you'd just say she died. And if I said she wasn't, you'd say she'd live. Yeah, it's really the most important distinction. Yeah. But she's a cutie, so... Very young Laura Flynn Boyle. Yeah. I'm going to go with Liv's free. (laughs) You are correct. Okay. She falls into the other side via a puddle and eventually is returned to Pat after Kane is defeated. Like in that one Ewoks movie. (laughs) Do you ever watch those Ewoks movies? Of course. Oh, man. I I wish I could find those fucking things. And that part where they're in the river, and he touches the river, and he gets pushed under the river, and he can't get out. It's like glass. Okay, I don't remember that part. That might have been just a fever dream of yours. No, that was definitely one. There's two of them. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I've watched both. I think we watched both of them, like, not super recently. It was before Penny was born. Mm. And they're... Not good. Like, they do not 
Hold you up. Take that back. <laughs> um, not as as embarrassing as the holiday special, but well, that not super good either. It's astonishing that that ever made the light of day. <laughs> okay, so you got Donna. Next is Doctor Seaton, played by Richard Fire, which is probably a really unfortunate name growing up. Richard Fire, Dick Fire, Dick Fire. Ooh, yeah, that's no good. Luckily, I don't think he was a redheaded. That would have been just the worst. Anyways, did he live free or die hard? He definitely died hard. Yeah, he died. He died. So Dr. Seaton uh, believes he sees Carol Ann in an elevator. However, after Dr. Seaton approaches the elevator doors, Donna appears behind him and pushes him to his death below um, down the elevator, the empty elevator shaft. Yeah, that makes total sense. That's exactly how I see him going out. Mm -hmm. I should have put that before Donna. Because it wasn't actually Donna. It was was Kane disguised as Donna. Ah. Um, Okay, finally, Carol Ann, played by Heather O'Rourke. Did she live free or die hard? This is the the little girl. Mm Mm-hmm. She's not too little by this time. Right. She's probably like 10 or 12. Yeah, okay. I I really don't think you could get away with killing a mainstay of the series like that. So I'm going to say... I mean, they did kill Tangina. Now I'm definitely going to say lived free. <laughs> she lived free. Yeah. This was the easy one. She staves off Kane with the help of Tangina, but later falls into the other side via a puddle with Donna, <laughs> but eventually is refer- returned to Pat after Kane is defeated. So a bunch of people are gone, and then Kane's defeated, and they come back. Fucking nefarious puddles, man. However, almost immediately after the uh, initial filming on this movie... Heather O'Rourke died. Yeah, that poltergeist curse, right? Yeah, so they did. They had to do some reshoots and and like had to use like a body double or something for some of this movie. She she died so quickly. Who? Well, that's not the. That's the only way people die. I mean, they're alive one minute and they're dead the next. <laughs> Thanks, Dave. Sure, but uh, so who who what which person was that? Carol Ann. Carol Ann is the the, the they're here. Kid. The little girl died. The little girl died. Wow. Yeah. There's a lot of surprising deaths that followed uh, Poltergeist. Right. Um, hmm. Yeah. What do you think? Do, what do you What do you think about that? Do you lend any credence to the uh, quote unquote curse? Mm, no. Yeah. I mean, it's nice to think about. <laughs> it's nice to think about. <laughs> Anyways, that was live free or die hard. I kind of liked it. Yeah. Was, I think it's actually a pretty good balance, like, uh, for the amount of time that I had to put into it for the game. Well, good. That's good, good to know. Yeah. Thank you so much, Dana. Yeah. For, Checks in for the mail. For us out with that. Um, all right. And there we have it. You've wasted over an hour listening to two schlubs talk about horror movies. Yay! Your only comfort now is knowing that eventually you will die, and this is all meaningless. Yeah, just like those people in Poltergeist Curse. In the meantime, thanks for listening to Horror Movie Talk. If you liked it, please subscribe and leave a review on iTunes, or if your platform that you listen on allows reviews, leave it there. If you know of anyone else that likes horror movies, send them our way, too. Um, this movie that we reviewed, Kuso, is on Shudder. If you want a 30-day free trial to Shudder.com, use HMT at checkout to get that. Um, if you want to support the show, 
go to our website, horrormovietalk.com, click through to Amazon, and spend on whatever your heart desires, and we'll get a little slice of that. If you want to support the show more directly and help us out with hosting costs, movie ticket costs, etc., please consider becoming a patron on our Patreon page. So special thanks to Brad K., first of all, for becoming our first patron on Patreon. Good old biggin. And uh, also, uh, the We Shouldn't Be Here channel on YouTube. They have a podcast, or he has a podcast called... I can't remember what the podcast is called. Anyways, you go to you go to YouTube, search for We Shouldn't Be Here, and um, his main thing is, is a horror story narration to fall asleep to. Yeah. But he's got a podcast where he reviews movies, and he had me on a guest this last week. Um, and also thank you for supporting us on Patreon. Um, thanks to Anthony F. for suggesting that we watch Kuso. It's a wild ride. <laughs> that was fun. Um, yeah, actually, after after Cuso, after the the, I, I'm considering. It's not happening yet, but I'm considering making requests be a patron only sort of thing. Yeah, because of the potential for discomfort, <laughs> people could just <laughs> wink, wink, nod, nod, make us watch. Horrible, horrible, terrifying stuff that's really taints our soul forever. In which case, yeah, we're going to require five bucks a month. Yeah, yeah, that might be an upcoming tier. We'll uh, make it worth, worth but well. not yet. You know, so get you, those requests in quick, people. Yeah, re- requests. I mean, mainly there's a limit to how much we can do or, or how fast we can do them because our priority is new releases, right? Uh, but get those in. You go on a list. We'll get to it eventually. Uh, but you might not hear it for, I don't know, a couple months even. Yeah, it could be a while. So, yeah, that might be a good incentive for Patreon just to, like, have a quicker turnaround for those. So uh, thanks also to Dana C. for giving us many suggestions for new games. Um, yeah, this was not the only suggestion that Dana gave us. She worked hard for the money. She, she did. Yeah. She uh, she gave us at least, like, seven ideas to go off of, and we might use some of them. Um, I mean... The problem with us is that we're very lazy. Oh, you have and, no idea. And we have a limited amount of time that we can spend for um, prep. Right. And so some of the ideas, even though they're really great, would take considerable effort on our part and knowledge. Yeah, it's hard to describe exactly how low effort it has to be. Uh-huh. It has to be really low effort. Right. Thanks also to Quinn Mason uh, for the... Yeah, this is more of just like boilerplate, but for the live free or die hard intro music, that version of uh, Beethoven's Ninth Symphony was a MIDI version that you, and I'll provide a link to the IMSLP page on our post for this episode. Um, But yeah, that's used through Creative Commons attribution, so I got to mention them. Thanks, Quinn. And also, thanks for me for the spectacular slide whistle. whistle. Um, And thanks to everyone else for listening. Okay, bye. You should hit that slide whistle on the way out, guy. Okay.
Oh, God.